This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 1. The Wolf Girl of Devil's River. The year is 1835. A group of American colonists led by Dr. Charles Beale were camped at Lake Espantosa, an infamously haunted area in southwest Texas. Half a mile away from the Beale's group, John Dent and his pregnant wife Molly, natives of Georgia, had built a cabin. Dent and his wife were officially there to trap beaver in the Devil's River area. What they kept to themselves is that they also happened to be on the run for the murder of John's former partner and Molly's father back in their home state. Just how lucky the Dents were in their choice of a build site separated from the lake soon became clear. Under the cover of the season's first overcast night, a band of Comanches raided the Beale camp and massacred most of its residents. After the attack, their bodies were thrown into the lake. The Dents were just far away from the camp enough to be woken by the commotion, but spared by the tribe's raiders. Even at the time of this massacre, Espantosa Lake had a long and storied reputation for ghostly activity. This incident was simply one more in a long line of bad luck and violent events that built the haunted reputation that it maintains to this day. As Molly was approaching the end of her pregnancy, the couple were reluctant to travel despite the danger of hostile Indians. One night in May of 1835, the area was struck by a series of severe thunderstorms, and Molly went into labor. She appeared to be having problems with the delivery, so Dent decided to ride west to a small settlement for help. He arrived at a Mexican goat ranch on the Pecos Canyon and frantically explained his wife's condition, begging for someone to ride back with him. As the Mexicans prepared their horses to leave, a furious crash of thunder roared through the sky and a bolt of lightning struck Dent from his horse, killing him instantly. After a considerable delay, the goat herders mounted up and followed Dent's directions. However, darkness fell before they made it over the divide to Devil's River, thus delaying the search. Finally, at sunrise the next morning, they located the isolated cabin. But what they found outside the cabin in an open brush arbor was Molly Dent lying dead, alone. She had apparently died in childbirth, but there was no trace of the baby anywhere. The child was never found, but fang marks on the woman's body and numerous wolf tracks over the area led the goat herders to assume that the infant had either been devoured or carried off by wolves. This is a hideous event, but it's just the beginning of this story. 
10 years later, in 1845, a boy living in San Felipe Springs reportedly saw a creature with long hair covering most of its features. He claimed it looked like a naked girl attacking a herd of goats in the company of a pack of wolves. This story was ridiculed by many, but still managed to spread back among the settlements. Another year passed, and a Mexican woman at San Felipe claimed to have seen two large wolves and an unclothed young girl devouring a freshly killed goat. She creeped up close to the group, she said, before they saw her and ran off. The woman noticed that the girl initially ran on all fours, but then rose and ran on two feet, keeping close to the wolves. The woman was in no doubt about what she had seen, and the scattering of people in the Devil's River country began to keep a sharp watch for the girl. There were similar reports by others in the region over the following years, and Apache stories told of a child's footprints, sometimes accompanied by handprints, having been found among wolf tracks in sandy places along the river. A hunt was organized to capture the wolf girl of Devil's River, as she had now become known, comprised mainly of Mexican vaqueros. On the third day of the hunt, the naked girl was sighted near Espantosa Lake, running with a pack of wolves. Such a sight would have shocked even the most experienced hunting enthusiast. The cowboys managed to separate the girl from her wolf companions and cornered her in a canyon. She fought like a wildcat, clawing and biting frantically to keep her freedom, but they finally managed to lasso her and keep her still. While they were tying her up, she began to make frightening, unearthly sounds somewhere between the scream of a woman and the howl of a wolf. Her howls soon attracted the alpha of the pack from whom she'd been separated. He appeared from behind a near tree line and rushed at her captors. One lucky cowboy reacted quickly and shot it dead with his pistol. In reaction, the wolf girl fainted and collapsed to the ground. Once she was securely bound, the men were able to examine the girl. They noted that, despite a body covered in hair and her wild mannerisms, her appearance was human. Her hands and arms were well-muscled, but not out of proportion, and she lacked the ability to speak. She continued to make deep, growling noises and lash out at the cowboys throughout this examination. She moved smoothly on all fours, but was rather awkward when made to stand up straight. The girl was put on a horse and taken to the nearest ranch an isolated two-room shack amid the desert wilderness. She was put in one of the rooms and unbound. The cowboys offered her a covering for her body and food and water, but she refused, cowering in the darkest corner. They then left her alone for the night, locking the door and posting a guard outside. The only other opening in the room was a small boarded-up window. As night fell, the cowboys heard terrifying howls coming from the girl's room. The strange cries carried through the still night air, unsettling her captors and soon enticing reciprocal howls from among the wolf pack in the wilderness surrounding the shack. Soon there were long, deep howls coming from all sides as the pack drew closer to the house, and occasionally strange howling screams from the girl answering them from inside her dark room. Suddenly, the large pack of wolves charged into the corrals, attacking the goats, cows, and horses, and bringing the cowboys outside shooting and yelling to drive them away. In all this confusion, the wolf girl managed to tear the planks from the window and escape into the night. The howls soon abated, and the wolves crept back into the wilderness. The cowboys did not dare attempt tracking the girl in the wild at night, 
They waited until the next morning and found that not a trace of the girl could be found. Though there were a few unverified reports in the following years of a young, hair-covered girl being seen with a wolf pack in the area, no one reported close contact with her for years. Meanwhile, gold had been discovered in California, and travel to the West had become increasingly common. In 1852, a surveying party of frontiersmen searching for a new route to El Paso were riding down the Rio Grande at a bend far above the mouth of Devil's River. They were approaching the water's edge when they saw at close range, sitting on a sandbar, a young woman suckling two wolf cubs. Suddenly she saw them, quickly grabbed the pups and dashed into the brakes at such a rate that it was impossible for the horsemen to follow. The girl would have been 17 years old that year. After that, she disappeared into the wilderness forever. It is impossible now to know what became of Molly Dent's daughter, presuming that's who the wolf girl was. There were scattered reports of human-faced wolves in the area right up until the 1930s. Author L.D. Bertillion wrote in 1937, During the past 40 years, I have in the Western country met more than one wolf face strongly marked with human characteristics. The story of the wolf girl of Devil's River did not die with her. She lives on in a more subtle but arguably more terrifying form. Reports of her ghost being seen in the old San Felipe Springs area, beside the banks of the Devil's River, have poured in consistently over the last hundred years. In 1974, a hunter in this area claimed to have seen her again, in the form of a white apparition which vanished before his eyes. But back in the autumn of 1835, when John and Molly Dent had newly arrived in Texas, Molly wrote her mother an odd letter. It said merely, Dear Mother, The devil has a river in Texas that is all his own. Do not follow. Yours with love, Molly. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. All right. So, the girl is basically, what, just raised by wolves, or...? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the story. It falls in line with kind of like the, uh... You know, there's like a sect of the Bigfoot people who think... The explanation is wild men. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. You know? And um, for me, this kind of falls in that category. Yeah, no, that's solid. I mean, even even kind of listening. Um, You had mentioned a point in the story, and and I don't mean to be, uh, I guess, funny, but uh, there was a line line that mentioned uh, the wolves were... Uh, nestling or what was, what was suckling, it? suckling, suckling. So they were suckling. Do she you was mind feeding. expanding on that a little bit? Yeah. Well, the eyewitness report is pretty crazy, actually, because like basically what they saw was a grown woman covered in hair, and she was, you know, breastfeeding young basically wolves. Basically, two wolf cubs, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. I I heard that correctly. All right, that's, yeah, uh... you sure did. <laughs> that's very odd. Okay, um... yeah. I mean, 
I mean, if she's fully integrated into the pack, right? right? Yeah. Then, you know, it would only make sense. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's just it's kind of off-putting, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's wildly off-putting. And when was this? You said it was... It I was, guess, what was the date? It was like mid. It was like it started in like um, 1835 was when they first or 18 yeah 1835. Okay, I believe. Yeah. So quite quite some time. And you said that there were there were like specific uh, like documentation or they had actually came about that girl. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, that was in that was in 18. Uh, well, no, I think I believe it was in the 1840s when the the group of Mexican cowboys actually found her. And so at the I guess at the end uh, she had written written a letter to her parents basically stating like you know not to not to travel through the Devil's River and so what yeah. I guess in this case, then, what is the significance of the Devil's River other than her, basically? I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's almost like a story like, uh, um, the fucking, uh, uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank here, but, uh, the, the book, um, the Jungle Book, rather. Oh, yeah, So, yeah. it's, it's yeah. similar to that, basically, him being raised by, you know, these, these random animals, so is it is it similar in that regard, or is it just a completely... Well, it's definitely like... The story itself is definitely a person raised by animals. Right. Right? Okay. But there is... I feel like there's like a whole nut... Like a whole nutshell that could be cracked here about the Devil's River in general, because it's like a notoriously haunted area. Like, there is... You know, there are like books upon books written about all the fucked up shit that's happened okay. in this area. So yeah. do you have examples of anything else that's happened in that area at all? It's mostly it's mostly ghost okay. stories. Like um, people especially during the frontier times but it goes like right up until the 70s. The 1970s. Oh really? Wow. Like What, yeah, what, happened, what happened around then if you have anything to kind of further that a little bit it seems to just be like a hot spot for like poltergeist ish activity in people's homes and the lake itself Lake Espantosa they actually they actually named it basically like creepy lake okay if I was to go to Devil's River am I going to turn into some werewolf type of (laughs) man man wolf sort of thing I don't believe so. No. Okay, I didn't know if it was like, if it was more centered around that. I mean, you know, be the story as as it is, like, is very very strange. Um, you know, but you look at again the Jungle Book. I'll use that as an example. Um, you know, you have Mowgli being raised by this group of random animals and things like that. Like that's all I can think about when I when I listen to the story. Is it's it's kind of similar. In that regard, yeah, um, you know, but at the same time, like she wasn't, you know, she wasn't like a some form of like wolf girl that uh, was, you know, obviously she was still herself, 
I mean, especially writing the letter to her parents or to her family, you know, letting them know, don't come to Devil's River. Like, don't do this, don't do that. But my question is basically getting the reasoning as to why. You know, what what set her apart, um, you know, from that whole incident to basically write, write that in her letter to her parents or to her family um, to yield them of crossing that river or coming to a point with that river? So that would be a great question, but the wolf girl is not the one that wrote the letter. Then I misunderstood. Okay. okay. Her her mother, the original couple, when when they first moved into into the area in Texas, they the the mother of the wolf girl wrote sent the letter back home to her mother warning them that like they'd found a crazy area and that it was dangerous and you know John and Molly Dent are the original couple they killed uh-huh. Molly's father and then fled the state right to Texas and when they got there Molly wrote the letter and sent it back home to her mother okay it is kind of strange because it's like it's not quite a cryptid it's not quite like it's not quite even really paranormal right, right. it's like just the the idea that a pack of wolves could raise a baby that's a bit paranormal <laughs> that's a I bit, mean you know yeah no I that's think, that's completely unheard of you know you come right. across a wolf and you're gonna protect yourself and do anything you can you know can to basically stay alive you know and so yeah especially the fact that they would raise a human as their own i think is just unheard of in a sense you know so yeah it is a very unique uh very unique story and um i guess my question to you is do you think that that is possible because again you know it in this case we're gonna try and kind of tear this apart a little bit you know i i know i have my personal thoughts on it but i'm kind of curious as you the storyteller how do you personally feel okay so here's my obviously i'm i'm skeptical okay right because this if this is a thing that's even possible it certainly hasn't happened very often and right history. at least things that we know of right yeah right so i am a bit skeptical but you know how many cute youtube videos are there of like a <laughs> dog who adopted a kitten and is like a kitten's like nursing on a dog that has puppies you know what i mean like where animals take other animals oh yeah and, i've, I've and seen nurse so them. many of them and i've even seen you know, lions basically being becoming best friends with a dog which you know yeah. you would literally think it's gonna eat it but no they're 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 hanging out like right so I, I get it yeah yeah so i think if you extend you know that to the fact that human beings are just another animal right so okay i would say plausible okay you know i i guess i would have to agree with you i think it, it is definitely plausible i think it's um because it's it's you know nature versus nurture right that whole that whole aspect and you know especially as a mother seeing seeing this lost uh you know this lost soul this lost 
person, it doesn't matter what it is. As a mother, you're gonna try and you're gonna try and nurture that as much as possible, right? Um, you know, and, and that can go both ways too. Um, you know, it can be something to where they're gonna, you know, attack, or they're gonna see that as something that's gonna be, um, you know, something that's gonna be just. I'm trying to think of the best word for it, but something that's gonna be, you know, something vulnerable. I guess vulnerable would be a good word for it. Um, but even just something that could be, you know, they could attack them. You know, it's it's more so like, how do you protect yourself against that? And I think like, in that same that same thing though, like especially being a child, um, you know, because right. I'm assuming she's grown up with, you know, being raised by by wolves in this case. Um, you know, right. that's all she's ever known. And being at such a young age, which I'm sure, you know, it didn't start when she's, you know, 13 or 15 or something like that. It's probably going to be as, as a child being grown up, being brought up. And they're going to see that as a, uh, you know, just kind of as one of their own and maybe take almost pity in it. Uh, if that makes any sense at all. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of the way I see it too. Because I think it is definitely, definitely plausible, in a sense, but it is completely unheard of, in my opinion. Um, you know, because yeah. you wouldn't think of something like that being a thing, especially a human and a wolf. Like you know, wolves are very predatorial animals, um, and yeah. you know, and you hear things about wolf attacks and um, you know things about that out out in the wild, like. It's to me that I find that just very almost comforting, maybe is the best word. Um, but again, okay. I you know it's very difficult to kind of um, you know, kind of side with that in my opinion. But I think it's possible. But that's why I was kind of curious as you telling the story, um, how you ultimately feel about it because I know. You know what I think. I think you know it could be possible, but I think like I think it's a little bit far fetched. Um, but yeah. at the same time, you know it, it's just like anything. You know anything that's gonna be mothering and nurturing and things like that. I mean, you know it. It's it is what it is. I guess is the best way to put it. Definitely. So I think ultimately, I I honestly would like to hear more of Devil's River. I would like to you know, I, you know, maybe in a, you know, if you can kind of elaborate going forward or maybe in a future uh, you know, kind of a future story here, um, just even more accounts of Devil's River because, I mean, especially with that being such a unique uh, type, of, type of scenario or type of, I guess, situation rather I would really love to hear more of what's, you know, again, I know you've said there, there's been a lot of more ghostly things and things like that. Um, yeah, I would, I would honestly love to hear more because I think it's, uh, yeah. And yeah, there are some, uh, there are some, a lot of the lore uh-huh. of the wolf girl is, is actually sightings of a okay. ghost. So in, like basically from 1900 on, there started being reportings of rather than seeing the wolf girl, flesh and blood, seeing, seeing her, her as, ghost, as a ghost or right? like an apparition, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how much of that is because that fits into a lot of the a lot of what goes on in that area, 
Okay. You know? Because, but, yeah, in the future, in a future episode, I would love to, like, just dive into Devil's River as a subject oh, yeah. on I, its own. I think it would be fantastic, because it's one of the one of those areas that's, uh, you know, it, it seems to be most likely a hot spot, right, for a lot of yeah. just really what we're, we're, obviously, what we're going for here. Um, but more right. of what I love, and... You know, I think uh, I think that you know we kind of kind of run the same boat there, but like you know, even yeah. even just like I said, being such a strange, uh, such a strange ordeal in this case, uh, which I still can't I, I can't get over the, the idea of this hairy little girl. Like, I guess she wasn't a girl; she was a grown ass woman at that point, right? So um, she was, but yes. still, just this hairy. <laughs> thing if you will uh being raised by wolves that you know is walking talking human being like it's just so well she didn't speak okay maybe but right okay certainly so walking but you did mention walking on all fours too so (laughs) yeah yeah a lot of reports say that she would like she would go on all fours until she had to keep up with the pack and then she'd just go go full spread her feet and (laughs) It's yeah. like, fuck it, I'm just going to run yeah. this. Okay. <laughs> but um, imagine seeing that. Yeah. Well, that's... Like, I mean, it sounds, like, far-fetched and silly when you just talk about it in the abstract, but, like, imagine being there in the, like, in this, like, isolated wilderness right. and seeing, seeing this that. This fucking weird-ass hairy woman. It would be mind-blowing. <laughs> running, yes. getting on all fours, and then just being like, fuck it, you know, just getting in full sprint, yeah. but running with a pack of wolves like yeah that's that's insane yeah face covered in blood fucking hands full of goat meat <laughs> goat meat yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah no i mean it see it yeah go ahead the other big question for me is her the physical description uh-huh. of her right because the question is Let's concede that a baby could be raised by wolves. Okay. Okay. Right. Hypothetically, let's just, yeah. Let's just, in, a, in this setting, right. we'll yeah. say a baby can be raised right. by wolves. Right. Would that baby grow to, would, would the adaptation to the environment cause that baby to be covered in hair? That, that's one of the other things. Like, how does that change, like... The way that we as human beings grow natural body hair, like, you know, and again, that's a whole separate, <laughs> separate conversation, but how would that, that type of setting, how would that like environment and everything influence that in my opinion? You know, like that's, that was what yeah. I was kind of curious about. Like this grown ass woman full of hair, like, yeah, granted, she's probably never shaved an inch of her body ever. Has probably never had a haircut, so she just all like locks and you know like everything else. But I I, I find it hard to believe that she would literally be full you know fully covered in hair. Right. I mean, they describe her as being um, being that the, they describe that most of her body is covered in hair. Okay. So like. Particularly, I saw a lot, her arms and legs had thick hair. Okay. Right. So I know that it is an actual, like, scientific fact that if you take, like, okay, so, like, a pig, okay. right? Like, 
You think like a cute, like, you know, pink pig that someone might have as a pet, right? Or like the kind that are raised at like 4-H yeah, fairs, course. right? If you take one of those and release it into the wild, it takes less than a year for it to grow like massive tusks and get covered in like super coarse hair. It just adapts to being in the wild like that. So like, maybe, because you think with human beings that that takes generations to adapt to an environment like that, right? It wouldn't happen over the course of a normal lifetime. But, I mean, it happens with pigs. I mean, if you're comparing the humans to pigs, then sure, it's possible. I I mean, mean, if that is... I'm just saying there are examples in the in nature of of species that actually do adapt yeah. that quickly. I mean that's that's also you know just any type of anything in the wild like it will adapt it it, it just your it, it's just nature. I mean I can't say human nature at this point because you know that's not quite what it is. But you know right. it is it is one of those things just like any type of animal any type of anything will adapt to its environmental setting like and so, yeah, I could see, I could see that, but again, it's also a human being. So, what makes it different? Even, I mean, you go out, you live in the wilderness for a year. Yeah, you might, you might grow a beard, you might grow some long hair, but you're not going to grow a body full of hair. Exactly. So, but what if you did that for twenty years? It, that's different. That's entirely different. I, I can't right. say. You know, I mean, that's that is a very different, uh, you know, different setting. It's a different approach. Like, um, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, we we as humans, you know, I, I can't say. And again, this is just me, just off of based off off of what I know. As a female, most females do not shave like their arms and things like that. Uh, but most often, isn't going to be as thick as say like a man's, regardless. But the same time right. you know like think of that and the the aspect of as a wolf how like how is it going to grow quite as much i mean unless it's some type of pheromones or some random thing you know <laughs> that they're put they're putting off that's gonna it's gonna cause that so yeah it, it, it's just very odd i don't know I don't think that's the case, but that's a super cool idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you like just put off this random scent, this random just uh, essence, yeah. if you will, that just causes you to exactly. become a, a wolf person. Because <laughs> uh, I can't exactly. say man, because in this case it's different, but... Uh, it's Yeah, it's the wolf girl. a wolf girl, exactly. And that's that's kind of what I think. I mean, you know, I, again, everything else about it, I think, is is very plausible. But I think for it, for her in this case, to develop a lot of characteristics of a wolf or of a, um, let's call it a werewolf because that's that's essentially what sure. it is. She's essentially yeah, sure. a werewolf, but to grow to grow up with that, even I, I just I find it very hard to believe that she would have such characteristics and for them to be so, so, so major in this case. Yeah. I I agree, but maybe it's just all those circumstances with a little splash of the Devil's River. Devil's River, that's, yeah. Just drinking that water, that's, uh, you know, I mean, it's chock full of paranormal activity, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, maybe the area is just such like a like a, a hot spot for this weirdness right. that it took an already strange situation and, you know, twisted it to the extreme. That's not far-fetched, though. You know, to me, that makes right. more sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Which is probably absurd. But to me, that makes more sense than just this girl raised by wolves that can grow all sorts of right. hair. Yeah, so... That makes more sense to you than a genetic anomaly. Honestly, it's sad as it sounds, it really does. Um, I mean, it's a very convenient genetic right, anomaly. Exactly. But what if the girl was raised by wolves and just happened to have that disorder where you grow hair all over your That body? is a different story, and that very well could be the case here. Because we don't know. I mean, they're obviously... You know, at this point, they're seeing the ghosts. They're seeing it around Devil's River, which is apparently this hot spot, right? Sure. It, she very well could have a, a and I, I can't think of the word right now, which is not important, but um, she very well could have a genetic disorder where she does grow hair and it grows excessive amounts sure. of it. Um, that would be wildly coincidental. That would be, exactly. <laughs> so... That again, that's another thing that to me, like I dig, I dig the story a lot, and I think I, I think it's very um, unique in that sense. And I would love to know more. So if you can eventually maybe tell us more, that would be awesome. Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to cover for it for sure. And um, but yeah, like like I said, especially when it comes to Devil's River, I think like you know, especially with that being more more of that hot spot, there's going to be a lot more. And you know, if if you you know, grasp or believe in that concept that's going to add a lot more to it. And that's going to, you know, bring about these things that aren't going to be normal things. Um, you know, and it, a lot of things that really could influence that whole situation. And again, that could be the exact reason. It could be something scientific and something just very easy to chalk off. It's like, yeah, she just has this that makes her grow ex- excess amount of hair and wolves love her. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going back to the pheromones. <laughs> the pheromones, yes. <laughs> I, I want that to be true so badly. It's a, it's a wolf's natural essence, if you will. Uh, yeah, just makes others around them um, turn, turn into wolves, <laughs> <laughs> or at least you know develop similar characteristics of wolves. Exactly, I think that's really <laughs> my favorite theory. Yeah, you know, I think it's maybe the most plausible, if you will. <laughs> I think Probably that's the leading theory. Not. Absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, with this being our first episode, I think it's it's a really cool, strong, uh, kind of strong starting point, right? Um, that kind of gets into the just weird and just very unsettling, very unknown, because these are things that you would never, in your normal day, ever even think that could be possible. And you know, and yeah. that's exactly what we're going for. I really appreciate that being, you know, a good starting point because it's gonna kind of set the standard for us here, which is exactly what we're going for we're going for unsettling you know we're going for yeah. something that just like you think oh shit that's not no way that's not possible but i mean things are right. fucking weird like it, the world is weird there's so many weird things out there that just we can't even comprehend or grasp and this is a very plausible um <laughs> ordeal <laughs> 
I can't say that it's it's possible. It is plausible. Uh, I'm still on yeah. the fence, so I, I need to be sold. I think I think that's what I need. See, I'm definitely still on the fence. I like being on the fence. That's what like that's that's what I really wanted was stories that stretch your perspective, that make you consider things that you would normally never right, consider. Right, kind of question. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, come up with crazy explanations and you know, I wanted stories that that make you um that make you just really like have to reach for explanations. Yeah. Or just determine your own thing, like a wolf's natural essence right. of pheromones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just exactly. Like that. But just you know, to make you reach outside of your normal thinking to to be able to explain it. Yeah. I, I definitely believe in a very strong, expansive way of thinking. Um, you know, because we, you know, so many people are so so close-minded in a sense, or very set in the way that they see the world or see things as they are. You know, I mean, it comes to ghosts, it comes to aliens, it comes to any random cryptids, uh, cryptid things. I mean, even down to you know. Bigfoot, or as we were talking the other day, uh, the go- the Kentucky or the uh, what was it the the Goat Man, right? Um, yes, the which goat eventually man. I think we were going to get into. Um, you know, yeah. and, and things like that that you just think are so silly, but these are legit things, and a lot of people really have such a strong, uh, such a strong belief and a strong foundation regarding that belief. They, they can back it up so much and you know with that closed-minded way of thinking we do, we often don't think like okay this you know this isn't possible or you know just like and I use as an example magic right which may be mm-hmm. silly but you know it's kind of one of those like things that we grow up with you know and and you kind of get out of and you know and which I understand growing up as an adult like you start to think differently and I've I've done that you know now being a as old as I am, which um, you know, I've I've started to kind of question a lot of these things that I used to absolutely think 100%. I'm on that boat. I'm on that. You know, I'm on that train. I'm gonna you know, like, I'm gonna 100% support that. And now I I try to I try to kind of rationalize things quite a bit more. And I think that's what that comes yeah. down to, just rationalizing things. But you know, you also want to keep that that open mind for these types of things as well. Um, because the world is, it's, it's fucked. I mean, there's so many crazy, crazy things out there. We just don't know. We don't even think about and that they're out there. Um, and that's, that's what I personally, I want to, I want to achieve with this too. And just telling those stories, you know, just making, making that a, that a big thing, just making people aware of that. Yeah. And I mean, aside from, you know, the, the noble venture Right, right. Of it's course. just fun as hell. It's just it's it's pure fun. I agree. Like to imagine, I love to just even temporarily exist in a world where these things are real. You know, just to like as a even just as a thought experiment, to just imagine a world where all of this is one hundred percent true. Kind of looking looking back on the story a little bit. Um. You know, again, I know we're kind of entering away from you know the actual storytelling, um, but you had mentioned as well this you know the the girl basically being raised. Did she did she basically 
was she born? Um, do you know how? I guess she had uh, she had started with the wolves. Uh, that's another another kind of question okay. I had. How that kind of came about? Yeah. So the mother was having a uh, a difficult okay. labor, right? Um, and the the father travel like went to the nearest settlement to get help and by the time those people got back to her she had died in labor so it was assumed that and the baby was gone and there were wolf tracks and all that around the mother's body so it was assumed by the people who found them that that the mother had died in labor and the wolves had happened you know had just happened upon this defenseless infant newborn baby my question baby. there was she giving birth out in the middle of the forest <laughs> if you, well, i guess if have, you know that much I, that's probably hard to kind of track down but it was it wasn't in the middle of the forest it was i'm checking here cuz there's like a specific name for it it's like a like a lean to that they would build okay. at the time where they would stack wood and hay and so that's where she was giving birth, was in there. Or at least that's what I found It basically was her. kind of outside, but also slightly yeah. right. Okay. It's called a brush arbor. Um, so a brush arbor. She was giving birth uh, in a semi-outside <laughs> um, yeah. outside, uh, lean-to. Um, and then basically died in, in, in back then. I mean, this is, you said it was 18, uh, what was the specific rough, I guess, rough date? 1800s, right? The year that it happened, 1835. So, I mean, in that back, back in that point, you know, going to the next town over was a, you know, week or two week venture. Well, there was a settlement that was just like, I think in the details, it was like a three or four hour ride okay. by horse to get to this next that's, little that's settlement. Not, that's not as bad. It's not like um, right. I actually watched a movie recently, which again it actually, uh, neither here nor there, but it was basically an hour, or not an hour, but like a week trip getting to this, this next town over um, of basically camping out and all this other you know, all this other stuff, which kind of th- looking at it like that would make sense with the husband not being able to be there as you know as she was giving right. birth and you know to to pass as giving birth and everything else my my other i guess my other thing kind of looking at that was there no one else around that could prevent the wolves from taking the baby no it was just her and it was just her and her husband wow. okay. who lived there it was Okay, because they came into the area with a group of people, but they had decided to build their cabin uh, away away from the rest okay. of the settlement. So, yeah, it was just the two of them. And this happened during a thunderstorm, like a right. crazy thunderstorm. And I mean, and back then, you know, there's, yeah. there's no power. There's nothing else. You know, it's not like today where you can just run to the nearest emergency room and, you know, produce a child. Um not produce but um labor a child if you will <laughs> uh you know so again that's that was another thing i was kind of curious about which it definitely clears that up 
Uh, especially with them being away and, you know, out on trying to venture into the next town. So I guess my other question just kind of, cl- you know, kind of wrap this up a little bit. Um, so when he was going into this other town, what was he going there for? Just to find out what was wrong with his wife or? He basically just went there for help. Help. He okay. wanted people to come back with him to help with, because he knew that she was struggling through labor mm-hmm. and like, having a having a rough go of it so he wanted to he basically just wanted help any help anyone could give so him. why didn't he ask somebody else in the village i'm assuming there were they multiple people they, at least there like okay no they they built their cabin separated from everyone and they were that far out that they couldn't you know they couldn't have anybody else come in yep. okay so four or five hours away from the other nearest wow. person. All right. Yeah. Cause I think, I, I think of a, a village at that point as being, um, what is that one, uh, M night Shyamalan movie? Uh, the, the village right. actually, right. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be similar to that. Um, which actually I was, I, that's what I was thinking of when I was thinking about the, uh, going to the trip to the other town. Um, you know, and so I think of it like that just basically being, this very small settlement and you know giving birth to this child like doing all these things um and not having obviously the means of modern day medicine and things like that so that definitely clears that up quite a bit and i mean you know especially trying to reach out trying to reach out for help i do find it strange that he didn't instead of going to the next town over he didn't reach out to somebody else that was maybe closer by all these other villagers if you will that were establishing this settlement why they didn't reach out to them i mean there was probably at least a doctor or somebody that knew medicine amongst you know them even being a couple hours apart you know um i would think that that would be the easier way to go in my opinion but maybe not right that the the nearest place was the goat ranch that he went to was four or five hours from them. That's where he went. Okay. And so, and when they were about to leave, he was struck by lightning. That's a shitty day, <laughs> right? That's a really fucking <laughs> it's bad a strange, day. You just chain of events. They would not happen to yeah. any normal person. That's why she became yeah. a wolf girl. Okay, I see now. All right, exactly. And this was it so. Explains I, it all. I guess again before we kind of wrap up, how close were they to Devil's River at that, or whatever that river was considered as at that point? Okay, so they lived like they were when the the village, the the ranch, when the ranch was attacked by by um indians the uh the original settlement was attacked by what was the tribe comanches okay they were they were attacked they could the dents they could hear it from their house that's that and that settlement was right right on the lake okay like right 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 there in the bend of the river so, so they were they were that they close, were like right, yeah, they were like half a day's walk from Devil's River. So basically, I mean, at that point, she could have given birth to anything. Um, you know, if you kind of look at look at the you know Devil's River being this this hot spot and this uh, this kind of 
mech of of you know just paranormal activity basically um you know and yeah. so it that makes a lot more sense uh you know especially with the husband yeah. being so far out and trying to reach out to this next uh this next settlement or that that you said it was a goat ranch or something like that yep um yep a goat which ranch. was you know hours away with them being so close and just all this all this terrible luck right that's like that happens over and over again in this area so like the the delivery during a thunderstorm in the first place the difficult delivery it's not gonna be any easy task right right having to travel on horseback through the thunderstorm to get to help once you get there you're struck by lightning (laughs) that's all (laughs) the people who then the people who come back to help based on his directions that he gave them before he was struck by lightning they encounter setback after setback after setback trying to get to her and they end up not getting back getting to her or finding her until the next morning Um, by that time the mother's dead the the child's been the baby taken by wolves uh, you know so right yeah no that's yeah that's nuts honestly um, and that helps to kind of clear that up, at least up for me, because um, I, I was very, just very confused as to why he would go this whole route when... Right, because they weren't in a village. Right. They were alone. So, yeah, yeah that makes that makes a lot more sense. I, again, I definitely look forward to hearing more of the Devil's River, um, at least, you know, at least maybe some more things around it. I would love to hear more of the kind of spiritual end. Um, you know the the kind of the ghost end, especially her coming back as a ghost. I think is awesome, and I would yeah, love to yeah, love definitely. to kind of dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to like digging into the whole area and just getting as much information about the things that have happened there as possible. Because I think it would be really cool to like drill down on this specifically. And try to figure out what is so special about this area. I think there could be so much more, so much more that you can uncover that would really play into this this whole story. Because I'm sure there's so many other things about this uh, this Devil's River that you know, not only this Wolf Girl. I mean, there's I'm sure there's so many other things that are coming about of it, especially during that time period. I mean, during that time yep. period being you know just this vastly unsettled area. Um, I think would be yeah, just it would be tremendous. I would love to love to kind of dive into it and hear a lot more of what uh, what you can kind of uncover there. Yeah, that, I think that's the plan. Awesome. That concludes episode one, the Wolf Girl of Devil's River. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thank you, as always, to Greg Martin, at Reverent Music on Instagram, um, for his song, Dying Star. That's from the EP Interstellar. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. 
And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.